Imagine a network of sustainable and culturally appropriate global centers for theological education that create contagious learning environments where students, faculty, and administrators are continually growing in their faith. This is actually happening. Horizon Educational Network is a Christ-centered learning community of theological educators from around the world that are changing the future of theological education today. Welcome. This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7 USA. Could I ask you a favor? Would you be willing to help? If you have benefited from one of the episodes of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, would you be willing to leave the podcast a comment? Could you share the podcast episode with your friends who might also benefit from it? And also consider subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you in advance for your help. My guest today is Brian Dix. So, Brian, I want to welcome you to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Uh, what you're doing is amazing. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. 35 years of global church work. Uh, you've been in many different countries. Uh, you speak Portuguese now with Horizon Education Network that is an associate member of the International Council for Evangelical Theological Education, the ICETE, established by the World Evangelical Alliance. So we have a lot to talk about in terms of uh, theological education. So I, I appreciate you coming on and helping us think through some of these things that you're doing. You know, when I think of theological education, I think of resident uh, seminary where you live on campus, but you guys are really doing it in a very different way, so glad you could join us. Yeah, you know, Dennis, it's interesting. We we live in an amazing time, you know, where education, including theological education and ministry training, has become borderless. Uh, it's It's way beyond the campus. Uh, now right. and 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 those of us uh, that are in education at all or are connected to that know uh, what has happened even over the pandemic. Uh, but Horizon, we, we still uh, support traditional uh, residential uh, programs along with fully online ministry training. We, in fact, that was just two weeks ago in in on a campus in Guatemala. Uh, they have a, a strong residence program. And we support that with our ministry as well uh, in helping in, in those in those kinds of approaches, but also uh, with fully online and, and everything in between, because it's no longer either or. There's a whole gamut of educational possibilities. And so we're now using the term digitally infused theological education. That takes it to a whole new realm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether instruction and assessments happen in a common gathered physical space, fully online or somewhere in between. Uh, you I have a lot of different models, right? Right. Yeah. I was, re I was reading on your website, Horizon Education Network, you partner with national theological schools in equipping ministry leaders through distance learning in their own language and culture for global service. Right. So that is our mission statement. There's a lot in there. You partner with already existing theological education institutions, but you want to include distance learning. You prepare them in their own language and culture, but then you're preparing them for global service. Exactly. So it's really local, but you're thinking globally. So I really like that. Uh, just and you were explaining a little bit about what that model looks like. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, going back a little bit in our history, uh, several decades ago, when 
the internet was in the infancy. The original president of Horizon saw the potential. And at that time, there, our organization existed, but it was working with a few Latin American schools with the idea of collaboration, that schools really weren't in competition, but they could work together, which right. was at that point a little bit radical, frankly. And But the internet opened up new possibilities to where they could actually do some things at a distance together. But the, the original, the leaders of our organization at that point uh, had this idea of establishing an international, the international, we are Baptists, so the International Baptist University. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to use the internet to give an American education, a quality American theological education to everybody in the world, or make it available to everybody anywhere in the world online. And that's still a model that many people use today. But when you when we got to when we began to listen to theological educators around the world, in the majority world specifically, we discovered four things. Number one, not everyone wants or needs an American theological education. Right. And number two, an American education is not necessarily contextual for them. Right. It doesn't answer, it doesn't respond to the questions that of their culture. And, and and then we discovered three. Uh, there there's there's a rapidly growing quantity of quality theological educators in schools around the world that are already rooted in their culture and in their context and in their language. And then finally, that uh, we would make more rapid advances by partnering with them versus starting a school ourselves. Right. So I was uh, reading on your some of your work that you're doing. And you strive to develop sustainable and culturally appropriate global centers for theological education. Why is sustainable and culturally appropriate important? Well, those are loaded terms, right? Right. Uh, and the culturally appropriate question really is that what I just explained, that, that, that we work with, with 50 schools right now, 50 organizations. Bible colleges or seminaries or some training organizations around the world. They're all in different contexts. They're in 27 different countries. The students that are on our site, students and learners and teachers on our site come from 104 different countries. Okay. We're working in nine different languages uh, across, across the world. So there's no way that we could know all of these cultural questions and cultural issues and write courses appropriate for them, uh, let alone teach and facilitate those. So we really are going to be much more culturally appropriate if we partner with people that are in the cultures versus trying to do it all ourselves. So that's that question. But I want to I want to say something that one of the things that has marked our history and continues to mark Horizon is this, is this concept of listening. That if I could describe what Horizon does in one word, it would be we listen. And because of that, we can be responsive to the needs that are out there. And we try to be nimble. And our, our organization has changed its name three times, for instance, since, the, since its inception. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out, listen, and, and say, what are the needs today for uh, in, in the, the international theological education world? And how can we best help? So you're not just offering theological education that may not apply, the model may not apply, the, the cultural dynamics may not apply, 
but it's very important to listen, to learn, and listen to their wants, what they want and their vision for their church, and then how you can come alongside to help build and teach and train that church. As we think about your model, what have been some of your challenges uh, that you found as you worked in all these different nine languages and these multiple countries? And what have you found to be the biggest challenges? Well, there's some physical challenges or material challenges, I I would say. Uh, There's a number of those. Um, I think going back to our original purpose is that we, we want to create access to a theological education for the 80 to 95%, depends on who you read, of pastors in the world that don't have formal theological education. So that's a, that's the driving vision, the driving purpose. And if we can keep people who are already in ministry, already pastoring churches, already they have jobs and families and everything, if we can keep them in their context while they're studying, bring the education to them, that mm-hmm. overcomes that huge access barrier. Uh, so online education just is missional. It's missional in that way. Right. Um, but so that's that's but some of those some contexts still don't have quality internet access. Some of them don't have uh, access to devices or even access to stable electric power. But that's quickly changing. It's amazing how many people have smartphones as we go around the world in even the most remote places. You know. Yeah, many of them have multiple cell phones now, <laughs> and uh, in some places they don't make consecutive calls on one phone. They alternate the different phones for security, and you know people yeah. tracking them and stuff. It's amazing how many people have access to technology now. It's true, and 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 sometimes, the, and then solar uh, power is is being used more and more effectively. There's satellite issues, there, there are options. There's local intranet uh, options for delivering content. And so forth. A lot of different ways to get the uh, to, to utilize some of these uh, low tech and high tech options to overcome some of these challenges. But the primary challenges are not material or electronic. They're not technical. Probably like you in my seminary training, I had very few courses on education. And what are pastors and theological educators called to do? They're they're called to teach. Right. And so we find that most of our our, our most Probably our our most uh, influential, probably the largest challenge that we have is not a material challenge, but a pedagogical one. Uh, helping people think through how to teach well and then how to utilize these tools effectively. There was a lot of bad or emergency uh, online education that happened during COVID. And now we're working with schools as to, to think, how can we do this effectively? We've got these tools. They're not going away. The students expect them, but how can we use them effectively? So that's where we're finding a lot of work, a lot of challenge. So, so help leaders understand good hermeneutics that they can apply and then apply their culture and biblical truth uh, with good hermeneutics and not to have to get rid of the whole culture, but just change what's not aligned with the Bible. And uh, they're skilled and well-positioned to do that, where in the West— we have that whole cultural dynamic that's very different than most parts of the world. So it adds complexity to really explaining and teaching scripture. Yeah. Good hermeneutics and good education, good right. pedagogy. Because two of the the two of the commands in the great in the Great Commission are to teach. Right. Right? And so we need to be better teachers. 
Absolutely. Now, you're part of a learning alliance with some other institutions like Moody Bible Institute, Greater Europe Mission, Missionary, Missionary Aviation Fellowship. Talk to us about this learning alliance that uh, so many agencies are part of. Well, Horizon was born in a culture of generosity and collaboration. And early on, there were many hours of discussion. I'm talking several decades ago, and joint uh, course development with these groups. Uh, Moody even gave to Horizon an entire curriculum for us to utilize overseas. Uh, but the attitude was that we were all on the same team, working together for the same Lord on the same mission. Uh, this early alliance has it's it's very it's quite inactive at this point, and has transitioned. We've uh, for the most part Horizon. Uh, doesn't work a lot very closely with those those particular groups anymore, but that formed a a basis, uh, an attitude, a posture of this culture of generosity and collaboration. And now we've formed we've con- we continue to forge partnerships with uh, international theological education organizations like Overseas Council, like the one you mentioned earlier, the ISET group. Um, it's affiliate groups, uh, groups all around the world that are focusing on international theological education. So people were very generous with us at the beginning, and we seek to pass that on, that generosity on to our education partners, these 50 schools that we work with and others. For instance, we're all missionaries at Horizon. We raise our own support to be able to support our ministry habit. Mm-hmm. And we uh, then then we, we try to keep our prices uh, we do charge our the schools that we work with. Uh, we supply them with a learning management system, Moodle, quality uh, piece of software, an international piece of software. It's the number one learning management system in the world. But then we also supply them with a lot of training and professional development so that their faculty knows how to use these tools well. And so we offer this at a very, very uh, cost-effective price, knowing that they... Uh, theological education is is not known for being a real money maker, <laughs> right? So, so we try to help in that way. Well, it's good to hear because so many ministries seem to work in silos and to have a kingdom mindset, to be collaborative, to really emphasize uh, true partnership. That's really good. I'm glad uh, that uh, Horizon Network in their history learned the kingdom mindset, and uh, we're all in this together. So, Brian, this is fascinating. How can people learn more about uh, what you guys are doing? Or maybe we have some theological educators listening that would want to be a part of this. Uh, how can people get involved? Where can they get more information? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, if you are if you live near Grand Rapids or are passing through, um, stop by our offices at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We have a wonderful espresso machine, and we'd love to serve you a, a coffee. Uh, so that's that's the main way we get to know people. But not re- everybody can come to Grand Rapids. <laughs> I'll remember that for the next time I come and see my 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 boss, uh, Dr. Rex Rogers, that lives in Grand Rapids. It was also at Cornerstone University that you graduated from. So I I'll did. remember yes, bring, that. Bring Rex with you <laughs> to have a to have a, a coffee with you guys. So yeah. what what is your website so people can get on your website? And then you have social yeah. media as well. So we have uh, www.horizoneducationnetwork, horizoneducationnetwork.org, and you can go there and learn more about our organization. 
So I encourage you to get on their website, learn more, and uh, broaden your concept of theological education. It's not uh, just a resident. It's not just Americans doing it. Uh, it's gone around the world, and there's great institutions and models of theological education across the world and impacting the church uh, everywhere you go. So again, uh, Brian, thanks for coming on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, broadening our understanding of theological education. Well, thank you. Thank you for this invitation, this opportunity, and God bless you. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.